Hello and welcome to episode 17 of The Witcher Chapter by Chapter Book Review, where I'll go through a summary of what happened in the latest chapter and give my detailed thoughts on it. Today I'll be discussing chapter 4 from book 3, Blood of Elves. Well, if you are watching me on YouTube, the only place you can actually watch this podcast, then you'll see I have got a different setup going on. I just moved my equipment into a different room in my apartment. So I figured I would acknowledge that instead of just acting like nothing was different. But I'm not going to talk about that any longer because if you are just listening to this on Spotify or Apple podcast, or even if you are just listening on YouTube, then none of this has any importance to you at all. I don't think it has any importance to you even if you are watching. But yeah, just wanted to throw that out there. So we do have an exciting chapter to talk about today. I know in the last couple of episodes I mentioned that they weren't really very eventful or they weren't really very action-packed. This one definitely has got some action in it. It's kind of going to be a weird one to talk about though and you'll understand why when I'm going through it, like my notes, you know, I go through the details after I summarize the chapter. It's basically just, there's a lot of things that we learn and there is action, but it's more based around the world, not so much around our protagonists and the story that we've been following. So there's just a lot of new stuff going on and it has to do with the state of the world, the state of politics and the society. So it's, it's definitely going to be a different type of discussion. It might end up being shorter. I mean, I'm saying this at the beginning of recording, so who knows? Maybe I will make this about the same length of, as others. You can probably already tell. But <laughs> uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't feel like it's going to be a very long discussion. But if um, you have anything that you want to talk about, in this chapter that I didn't cover in the podcast. I do try to cover all the important stuff, of course, but if there is anything that I left out that you want to talk about, let me know in the YouTube comments. It's a great place to open up a discussion and, you know, kind of dive into this further together. All right. So, um, as always, I'm going to start out with a recap of last episode and then we'll get into the summary and then we're going to discuss what happened. So, Last episode, we wrapped up series time training and Triss's visit at Caremorn. This included Triss and Siri entering a trance where Triss unsuccessfully attempted to find out where Siri's been transmitting these creepy communications from. Also, a debate between the sorceress and witchers on neutrality and the decision for Geralt, Triss, and Siri to head out to take Siri to the temple school in Lander. All right, so for chapter four. <laughs> While on the trail to Melitale's temple, Triss comes down with a nasty stomach illness, hindering her ability to ride a horse. Geralt is denied help at a bridge fort that's blocked off due to a recent attack of a forest band of non-humans, mostly elves, known as Squayatel. He is, however, sent to look for help from a royal bailiff's caravan transporting secret goods for the king's service, where they could hopefully allow Triss to recover in a wagon while still traveling towards their destination. Geralt travels ahead and finds the convoy that includes Yarp and Zegrim, one of the dwarves he met on the Golden Dragon Hunt a few years back. And that, if you didn't know, was the uh, the Bounds of Reason story. It was the first story from Sword of Destiny. Yarpen immediately agrees to help and bring Triss along on the expedition. While traveling, 
Siri wakes to hear Yarpin and Geralt reminiscing and later discussing neutrality and whether or not Yarpin should take the side of the humans or the Skoyatel since he is a non-human himself. After a few eventful incidents take place, the convoy is approached by soldiers from King Henselt of Kedwin's army that demands to inspect their caravan for illegal human trafficking. So that they're not caught off guard by any more unwanted surprises, Yarpin sends Siri ahead on horseback to inspect the trail. While doing so, she spots a group of Skoyatel across a nearby ravine and tries to hide herself when Geralt approaches her. He explains that the Skoyatel are in this particular area to visit Sherawed, a ruined elven palace, and the rose-covered statue of their heroine, Aelaren. Geralt shows Ciri Sherawed and explains the history of Aelaren and how she led her people into battle against the humans and failed. At this moment, Ciri has the realization that the convoy is under attack by the Skoyatel. After Geralt and Ciri rush back, Ciri manages to help Triss and almost gets killed by an elf before Geralt steps in and saves her. The convoy's commander, Venk, is killed along with two of Yarpin's boys. The battle ended thanks to aid from Cadewin's troops. Triss is trying to tend to the wounded when Venk, in his final moment, tells a colleague that Yarpin wasn't a traitor and Yarpin discovers the shipments were filled with ordinary stones and not gold like he thought. Turns out that the whole mission was a trap to test Yarpin's loyalties, which proved to be true to the humans and not to the Skoyatel like they thought may be the case, but still unfortunately resulted in the death of some of his comrades. So that was a really crappy thing that happened. Very tragic and also quite infuriating. These people died for no real reason but we'll talk about that a little bit more detail first we got to talk about the Skoyatel never heard about them until this chapter and they're a pretty big deal so I want to make sure that I'm covering all of the important details maybe even some lesser important details just so that we have it out there we've discussed it and that way when it comes up again in the future which I'm not saying that it is 100% going to but I'd be very shocked if it didn't considering how everything unfolded in this chapter. So to talk about the Skoyatel, uh, first small detail in the elder speech, it means squirrels and they call themselves that. Be um, well, I guess what people think it's not, this isn't coming from a member of the Skoyatel, but it's said that they're called that because they live in the woods. They wear squirrels tails on their caps. I mean, they are facts, that, but I don't know if that's how the Skoyatel came up with that name. So they started to appear after the war with Nilfgaard began, and they apparently would like to put an end to human rule. And they were hoping to do so upon Nilfgaard's victory, which didn't happen. So they didn't get what they were hoping for, but they obviously haven't given up on that mission. So it's said that they received assistance from the integrated non-humans. That's not something that's proven to be true, but that's what some people believe. Although a lot of non-humans like Yarpin condemn them. Yarpin says he's unambiguously declaring himself to be on one side and it's kind of conflicting for somebody like him being a non-human himself because he doesn't really agree with what the Skoyatel are doing, but also the non-humans aren't fully accepted into the human society but he says that it's impossible to be neutral. He says Nilfgaard has fed the Skoyatel their slogans. They have the slogan like humans to the sea. 
And they're just eating that up and they're eating it up not knowing it was made just to ignite human hatred against them. Uh, he also adds that non-humans have been working towards cohabitation for over 100 years and it would be such a waste. It, 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 he just can't allow it to go to waste. It would be a lot of hard work for nothing, a lot of sacrifice just for nothing. And he doesn't want that to go backwards. He wants that to keep moving forward. And the Scoia'tael go against that. They're, they're not helpful in that mission and that overall goal. So I definitely see where Yarpin's coming from, but we do get a handful of different opinions on the Scoia'tael and, and on this whole situation. So one of the opinions we get is from the knight who was at the toll collector's cottage back towards the beginning of the chapter. He says that to protect humans from the Scoia'tael, they should just gather up all the non-humans, they should seize them, they should forcibly be segregated. He even talks about putting them into these encampments, which is terrifying. He's got this very, um, like it's either them or us mentality. So basically he's just a big racist, but he also thinks that if Nilfgaard were to wage war and win, the Scoia'tael would eradicate human societies. I don't know if he's totally wrong about that. And one thing that is definitely not true, well, not currently true, is that if that happened, that all of the non-humans that are currently integrated in the human societies would claim to be on the side of the Scoia'tael and they would probably assist in eradicating the human societies. But yeah, this guy, he, he's definitely got an extreme bias against non-humans. So I mean, take his opinions with a grain of salt. I mean, they're opinions anyway, but still, like it's, it, he's not really somebody to, he's not really someone you want to listen to. But we also have this grieve who's part of that same discussion. And he thinks that the Scoia'tael formed as a result of humans not treating the non-humans as equals. And he's not, he, there's no way that he's wrong about that. We have been given many instances, many examples throughout the short stories, even in the first chapter of this book, of racism, of discrimination, of them just not being treated as equals and them not being accepted. And I think that that's com coming back to bite them, like the grieve says. And it's, it's it's an issue, but it's kind of like he says something along the lines of like I mean you guys did like you noblemen and royals you you did this to yourselves, and I don't really think that he's wrong, and I think that's why it's been exemplified as much as it has been up to this point, so that we actually can have a good understanding, like we the readers can have a good understanding of what led up to this. So I think that what that grieve is saying is probably probably true so we've also got opinions from Geralt he wants to stay out of it he's all about neutrality no surprises there Siri has a moment of this inner dialogue before Geralt shows her share web where she swears she'll never be neutral because her training was for the purpose of defending innocents who cannot defend themselves. And although that's mainly so that she can defend them from monsters, she doesn't think that it should just be monsters. It should be also the likes of like Nilfgaardian marauders and the Scoia'tael and Nilfgaard from what she's been listening to are kind of working together. So she is going to have this point of view from before Geralt shows her Sherwood 
that the squid she's gonna she's gonna think that the squid tell her not good like she's not gonna immediately be on their side she's kind of trying to separate everybody into friends and enemies Geralt says that to her and he's not okay with that he doesn't want her thinking that way so Geralt shows Ciri Sherawed it's the old elven palace it's in ruins and he shows her the statue of Aileren who led the young elves into battle against the humans 200 years ago and he explains that this is why the elven race is apparently dying out we didn't even know that until this chapter but yeah they're dying out and only the that's because only the young elves can reproduce and most of them were killed in this highly unsuccessful battle i believe he uses the word slaughter um yeah they they all went to this battle it was so likely that they were were not going to succeed the older elves even wanted to move into the mountains and wait out the humans like let the humans come in live and die because the elves live so much longer than humans do but the young elves were rallied by Aileren and they got slaughtered and they are the only ones that can reproduce. So that is why the elven race might become extinct someday. It's not outright said that there are zero elves out there, younger elves that can reproduce. I think the way it's worded was we're meant to believe that if there are any, there's very, very few, probably not enough to continue this society. And even though elves live a long time, all the older elves that can no longer procreate, are they're, they're going to die someday. And when they all die, are there going to be any elves left? And I mean, with the way things are going, even if there are some elves that could continue that race, I mean, they're kind of doing this whole like they're kind of waging war right now with the humans and it's uh it's not looking good so Siri's perspective on the Scoyatel seems to change after visiting Sherwood and learning about the history and at first Geralt is convinced that the Scoyatel aren't going to attack a convoy comprised of a lot of dwarves but he's quickly proven wrong and it was definitely valid for him to believe that, especially after the whole Sherawed discussion. But it's not really explained why the Scoyatel attacked a group with a lot of dwarves in it. I I don't know how many people were totaled in this group, but it, it made it seem like it was Yarpin and his boys. And then I'm guessing there was, you know, the, the leader, Venk, and... There's Geralt, Triss, Ciri. I don't know that there were other humans that were a part of it. I would assume that there was maybe at least one or two more, but maybe it wasn't. Maybe it really was just strictly those people. But there were dwarves and the Squatel attacked. And I know, and I'm not saying that Geralt, you know, he's amazing and he's never wrong. <laughs> I know that he's not perfect and he's going to get things wrong. But I don't know why that was something that. It, it's just something that, that didn't really seem to make a lot of sense to me, but I do have some guesses as to why they attacked. It's not explained, so we can only kind of go with our own interpretations and guesses. So one of the things that I was thinking was that when the Scoyatel attacked, maybe they thought that the dwarves would join their side, help kill the humans in that group, and then they would be able to bring those dwarves over and you know have them join the Scoyatel and increase their, um, I don't want to say population, but their um, head count, for lack of a better word. And, you know, that would be, it, it's just a small thing, but that would be that. 
Or my other thought was maybe they just saw these dwarves working with humans and they thought, no, you're either with us or you're against us. And if you're against us, we're going to kill you. If we have the opportunity to kill you, we're going to. So maybe they did just want to attack and kill the dwarves. And so, yeah, I thought that the first thing that I thought where maybe they were hoping the dwarves would um, come to their side, maybe they thought that they would just see how it went. They would start attacking the humans. And if the dwarves help them out, then great. But if not, okay, we're going to kill them. And they didn't help them. So they actually went through it with trying to kill them. But yeah, don't know 100% what was going on there. I thought that it was, I thought it was kind of strange, but yeah, there was obviously a reason for it. So Geralt, of course, does not remain neutral, like he said, but obviously he's not going to allow his friends, nor Triss or Siri get killed. But that's, I guess, just how it goes sometimes. All right, moving on. I want to talk about the whole trap in more detail. So the Scoia'tael attack on the convoy results in the commander's death, along with two of Yarpin's boys. Uh, the one guy's name is Yannick. The other was Polly. Polly was the brother of one of his other com- comrades, Regan. And it was a very sad scene when Regan was crying over his brother's body and he's asking why and everybody just knows like, well, yeah, we know why. It was nothing good though. It was not a good reason. But yeah, it was very sad, very tragic. It also results in the death of some of the Squidatel who are already on the brink of extinction, like I just talked about. So, I mean, I don't know if it was really... I guess that's what they do. They attack and they try to kill humans and... But I... I don't know. I just think that a lot of what Yarpin had previously said about the Squiatel, about them, I'm trying to word it a little bit nicer than he did, but not really making the best decisions. I I think that he could be right. I mean, we don't get any firsthand uh, point of view from any of the members of the Squiatel, but uh, it just, it doesn't seem like they're making wise decisions. Not, not, not now at least. So this trap, it was it was basically just this whole setup. I don't know if it was by the king or the king's men. I don't think it's something like that would go as high up to the king, but by at least people that worked for the king so that they could determine Yarpin's loyalty. And basically they were unknowingly transporting just ordinary stones. They thought it was like, I guess, gold and it, that that was part of the secret mission so that um, King Hensel of Cadewain could... Uh, provide aid to King Demoved of Adern, Edern, I'm not sure how it's pronounced, but you know, it was all BS. That's not really what was going on. So there was that night that I had just talked about, but he was uh, the guy whose opinion on the Squiatel was one of the first people I talked about. So the night he was from the fort at the bridge crossing at the beginning of the chapter, he also had the belief that all non-humans are not loyal, that they're not to be trusted. And clearly this is a pretty widespread belief. And this belief is probably going to fuel things further, especially if as many people believe it as it seems to be. I know that uh, we only got a couple of examples, but is that a coincidence? I don't think so. I think that a lot of people are growing very distrustful of the non-humans. And I think that that's happening because of what's going on with the Squiatel. So there's just a lot going on right now. And I know we're in the country of Cadewin when this happens, so I don't know if it's just specific to this country or if it's going on in a lot of the surrounding countries, but there's definitely a lot of stuff bubbling up right now, and it's not looking too good. 
And when Yarbin's loyalty was put to the test during the battle with the Squatel, he did not betray the humans, but then two of his comrades died anyway. And they died basically for no reason. So I wouldn't be surprised if Yarpin's loyalty to the humans starts to dwindle after this. I think that what they did, it was a pretty risky test, considering how it ended up turning out, how you know people died, just so that they could figure out if he was going to be loyal or not. I understand the impulse. I understand that they want to be sure. But people died. That's horrible. And also... Yarpin's probably, I don't know if he's just going to join the Scoia'tael or, or, you know, just say F, F you to all the humans, or if he's just going to, you know, back out of everything completely and maybe go toward more towards neutral. He's not going to be of any assistance to the uh, humans anymore, but I would be very surprised if he still had like a strong loyalty to them, if he still was unambiguously declaring himself to be on one side. And that's... That's a shame. I mean, they had a good guy there, but I don't think that's going to be the case anymore. And if that story spreads, which things stories tend to do, that's going to cause a lot of other issues from the people that are hearing it, from a lot of the non-humans that are hearing it. So it's not good. <laughs> All right. So I am about to move into my closing thoughts, but before I do, I just wanted to say, I know I normally don't get into my closing thoughts this quickly, but they're longer than they normally are. So like what I talked about at the beginning of the episode, how a lot of what happens here isn't really based around uh, like our our characters, our main characters, like it's not very specific to them. It's more so about the state of the world and the country and politics and things like that. So... In my closing thoughts, I like to usually talk about what's what's coming up next. So I do have longer notes in my conclusion than I normally do because I want to talk about where we might expect to see those characters. And I've got some thoughts just because we haven't really just because we haven't really talked about them too much in this episode or in this chapter. So I mean the first thought that I have is about the Squatel, but then I'm gonna move into the specific characters. So it seems like, well, like kind of what I was just saying, it's going to be an ongoing problem. I don't think that this is the last we are going to hear of it. So there's going to be a lot of violence and death. There's the threat of elven extinction that seems like it's pretty likely with this going on. And this is also just igniting more racism, more suspicion, and just distrust. So, yeah, it's uh, looking kind of bleak for the future state of things. Uh, but moving into a uh, more discussion of one of our characters, Siri. So we actually get to see things through her perspective in this chapter a little bit, but we still don't really have a lot of good talking points. But one thing that I noticed was that her training at Kaer Morhen was tested for the first time in this chapter. Understandably, she got nervous and couldn't really apply what she learned the way that she should have. Like I said, it's understandable. I get it. Um, you, I think we've all been in those situations before where you learn something or you train for something. And when you actually go to do it the first time, you get really nervous, you get in your head, and then you kind of, you, you just, you, you freeze up. And that's what happened there. So if Geralt wasn't there to help her, that elf probably would have killed her, which is pretty scary to think about. And I just kind of hope that <laughs> nobody tries to kill her again. 
that does just doesn't seem likely though considering all the things that have taken place and she's escaped death many times so but if they do maybe now that she's got that first test out of the way she'll do better next time she will actually be able to defend herself and apply everything that she learned in Cairnborn but we'll see and I'm sure we will get the opportunity to see her testing out her skills because like I said there's people after her and I just don't think that she's going to have a completely peaceful life, unfortunately. I wish she would because Siri is a great character and she's really adorable and funny, but yeah, it's just, that's what's going on. So there was a moment when Triss was sick. Well, I guess she was sick the whole chapter, but um, when she was trying to tell Geralt that she was filled with regret about them. And if they were together now, then it would be different. Also that she envied Yennefer. And then there was also Ciri who was becoming annoyed that Triss was trying to snuggle up really close with Geralt and she was getting closer and closer to him. That was really bothering Ciri. But talking about Triss, although I believe she truly feels this way, you know, she loves Geralt, she wants to be with him. I don't think she would have behaved like this if she wasn't disoriented from being sick. And there was even a moment when she was delirious and kind of talking nonsense to herself. So we can assume that that was similar to like the the talking to herself is similar to what was going on when she was trying to put the moves on Geralt. Uh, I think in the proper state, not sick, not disoriented, she has accepted that things aren't meant to be with her and Geralt. I don't think she likes it, but I think she accepts it and she's um, gonna move on. But she was mostly recovered by the end of the chapter. I think she's gonna be fine to continue things as planned, although we don't know what those plans are. We have no idea what her intentions for the future are. But yeah, I mean, I'm hoping that she can just move on from Geralt. I mean, she's a likable character and I I know that that has to be a terrible feeling to have unrequited feelings for somebody. So yeah, hopefully she's able to get past that. We still have no updates from Yennefer. Don't know where she is, what she's doing, but I think that we're bound to hear from her again soon. Hoping to hear from her or see her if she was going to be a part of this chapter, but she wasn't. But yeah, I would like to see what's going on with that because she's got some information she's got the scoop on that Ryan's the mage that was after Siri so I want to know what she's doing about that I want to know if she's going to try to help with Siri's mediumistic powers uh for Siri I expect that she will have arrived at the school by the next chapter uh they didn't quite get there they were on the way didn't quite get there yet by the time this chapter came to a close but yeah, I think that maybe maybe the next chapter or the next time we see her, she'll be at school. And then as for Geralt, don't know what's in store next for him. After he gets Siri to, to the school, I don't know what he's going to do. I think if he was just going to kind of hang out and you know take on Witcher contracts, that would be boring. So he's probably going to do some something exciting. But yeah, we will have to wait and see until maybe the next episode. I was going to say the next episode, but you don't know. I mean, it could it could skip over Geralt in the next chapter because it's not all told through his point of view anymore. So hopefully in the next episode, we will learn more on that, but we're going to have to wait and find out. So 
just in case you didn't know. These episodes are available on YouTube with video and Spotify and Apple Podcasts with just the audio. Thank you so much for joining, and I will catch you all in the next episode. Goodbye.